The week is almost over, so pour that coffee. And let's discuss what's going on in Milwaukee, Madison, Washington, and beyond. It's the Political Power Hour on WTMJ Now. Joining Steve Scafidi, here's Joe Sapecki and Bill McCaution. Should we talk about the government? Let's go, gentlemen. It's a Friday. Let's do it. This is the last of my three-hour versions of... One last long ride. Yeah, it's also the last day of Max's Joke of the Week, so we got a good one. Can't wait. It's a real loss. Yes, it is. The Max jokes, not the extra two hours. He's moving on to bigger and better things. (laughs) i got to get him into the political mindsets, because that's where my new show's going, so it's going to have to be... (laughs) What could there possibly be in our politics Uh, to joke about? Oh, well, oh, don't don't tease or, or uh, <laughs> say Mac, uh, Max can't do it because he will do it. All right, Joseph Pecky, Democratic strategist, Bill McCaution on the right side of the aisle, gentlemen. We'll start with redistricting. The the legislature passes the governor's maps. Now there's a little confusion during the week. Did they put this November clause in that didn't take effect? Apparently that was not even a thing. The governor's been sitting on this for a couple of days. Joseph Pecky, I can't get a hold of the guy. What's going on? I don't know. And I don't know what the governor is going to do. He said he'd sign it. But I know what the governor should do, which is veto them. Really? Yes. Why? The more I have thought about this, the more I've talked to really smart folks, the more I am of the mind that there are a lot of things that you can trust Robin Voss on. When he says a medical marijuana bill is dead, you trust him. When it comes to the maps, you cannot trust Speaker Voss. You cannot trust that if the governor signs these... Will or AFP or WMC is not going to run to a courthouse and start the legal clock all over again so Republicans get another shot at this map. On what grounds? You cannot trust that the justices of the state Supreme Court have not already selected a map insulated as much as possible and much more than the legislature from politics. And that this is a ploy by Robin Voss to hold on to the most gerrymandered maps, most favorable to the Republican Party for as long as possible. That is his track record. On but this. this is a, these are Evers maps. He created these maps. And I because think. Republicans did what they did, there is a legal process in place where the state Supreme Court took all kinds of maps, said these are the criteria, and they are now examining those. That process is insulated from politics more so than legislators are who run every two years, than governors are who run every four years. I love this. I I thought all the conspiracy theorists were on my side. They're not. Now they're on your side. This is is fun for me to watch because the governor has said publicly he would sign his own maps. Now, let's be clear about a couple things. The Supreme Court, which is heavily now tilted to the left, and Janet Protasiewicz won her seat saying the maps were rigged, is prepared to give the Democrats the best possible maps. It is not their constitutional duty. It's the legislature's constitutional duty. When the Supreme Court acted on the current maps in December, they said, we will deter- We will allow you to submit maps. We will either choose one of those maps or draw our own unless the legislature passes maps that the governor will sign. I think we're at that juncture where they have passed his maps. No changes to his maps. I believe he is a man of honor and i think he will sign this i don't i don't know that he can walk this back and the notion that somehow any republican allies could then sue i i'm thinking on what grounds you have a republican legislature and a democratic governor agreeing on a set of maps 
How does a court take that up and say they did it wrong? I, I just don't see a path for that to happen. I asked legal experts on this, and they said that there really isn't any, any grounds. That's why I asked you that question that you ignored when I and asked it. every you. lawsuit ever filed has had perfect grounds. We are watching in real time as a Republican named Donald Trump is using the justice system to just grind the gears and slow things down. There is a timeline here where nomination papers have to go out, right? Where the district lines have to be yeah. set. You're telling me that you you can guarantee me one million percent certainty that nobody runs to the courthouse and tries to buy six to eight weeks or twelve weeks. So that's to that's, get past that's that? the strategy. That's, that's, let me play it out. So you're saying that governor signs them, that becomes the new maps. Republicans, whoever, organizations, elected sure. officials, they sue so they can push this off past the election. Sure. Twelve conservative citizens from northern Wisconsin say, I don't like these maps, and this is why. Now I'm being disenfranchised. I think it gets dismissed instantly. I do. I mean, I don't think there's, there's any legal basis They're for returning it. to the process that's in the law. This is how it's supposed to work, so I the, don't know how that be could be challenged. The latest left-leaning conspiracy theory is that he should veto them because then that eliminates his maps, which theoretically are the best for Republicans. They're not great by any stretch of the imagination, and the Senate could easily flip in two cycles or 2026. But that that's complete nonsense. I mean, all it's saying to, is that the left-leaning activists are, we have the court, we bought it, we paid for it, they're going to do what we asked them to do. Forget it, Governor, you don't need to do this. Veto your own maps. I don't see him doing that. All right, you, you say the governor should veto, veto them. What, what do you think he's going to do? Because he I, said I he'd sign them. I genuinely don't know. Well, maybe if he if he showed up somewhere, he's been he's been like in hiding for the last few days. Like, where is he? You want more politics in your life? I want I want an answer <laughs> on some really big questions like I, this one. Patience, it's a virtue. Try it. So I, I think he has till Tuesday, right, or Wednesday. What's that? He has till Tuesday or Wednesday. Yeah. The maps this were sent to him. Soon. That gives him six days. <laughs> Friday, yeah. Friday night? Yeah. <laughs> At like five? I I don't know. I, I don't get it. Your maps, you already said you're going to sign them. So to Bill's point, it looks it looks ridiculous if you said you're going to sign them and you don't sign them. I don't know why. Tony Evers has said politicians shouldn't choose their voters. Voters should choose their politicians. Legislators are politicians. They Many of them face voters every two years. Governors are politicians. They face voters every four years. Ten-year terms for justices, nonpartisan candidates, oh, makes oh. them as removed from politics you, as anyone. You can never call this court They're more removed from politics than people who run every two years or four years with a letter after their name. That's the Period. only way you could use that to describe that, because they're not removed from politics at all. That's never going to be the case again. Okay. We now have justices running on firm positions, including the maps. Uh, you know, we, we've crossed that Rubicon, but the, <laughs> the, the legislatures aren't choosing their seats. I think there are 30 pairs in the governor's maps, which means one incumbent or has to run. Because they tried to do that and failed. And yeah, then they I tried mean, to, and then they really tried to, get, and then they tried to rush through. Back is Republicans had gerrymandered maps for 14 years. Now it's our turn to have gerrymandered maps and, you know, the governor's fair maps or whatever you wanted to call them be damned. That's what you're really saying. What I'm saying is if a legal process is in place, which it was through the state Supreme Court, we should let that process play out. We can't trust the Supreme Court. That's not how but, it works. But we can no, trust it, poli the political parties and the politicians. If, if something makes the courts not need to make a decision, that's where we fall back to the, how right. the process it's not is their laid job. out. That's, that happens all the time. This will be the first time, by the way, since the new uh, redistricting process was put in place in 1970, that one party in the legislature and a different party in the East Wing have agreed on a set of maps. The first time in 55 years. 
Wow. Hope, hope and change. Hope and change. <laughs> All right, we're going to move on. <laughs> does the New York race, the Santos seat, does that any have any significance? Don't answer yet. Because everybody's saying different things on this. I want to know what the answer is. i got two really smart guys in the room. We'll ask, we'll ask them that question again. And if you have a thought, 855-616-1620, the WTMJ talking text line. Hey, everybody, this is Max, and we're back with another joke of the week. When do you ask someone on a coffee date? When you like them a latte. Back to the studios. <laughs> I think Max has discovered girls. Don't I? Oh, <laughs> yeah. You know, he's a big first grader now. Is he first, no, he's second grader? Well, it's Valentine's Day week, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Well, he's a Love good, is in the air. Good-looking kid. He's a big radio star now. I'm, I'm sure he talks about that on the bus rides back home. Yeah. I bet that Janesville Jets hat I gave him as a hit with the girls, too. I got, I got a new hat for him, too, that somebody just gave me. Max, is, he's got like 50 hats, and they're all mint condition. Yeah. The kid takes care of Not like yours. You beat the crap out of yours, Joe. Yeah. Yeah. How come today was the backwards hat? And why Packers? Curious. I'm a Packer fan. I know, but it's, not, it's the off season. The gray matches my <laughs> sweater? Right? We're going to finally have a drama-free off season. I, learned I how, like that. Yes, that is a good thing. I learned how old you were yesterday. Yeah, a lot of people did. Did they guess high or low? I'm curious. They were Almost everybody was high. <laughs> I'm an <laughs> old soul, apparently. I'm too grumpy for the ripe old age of just shy of 42 years well, young. Not, not as grumpy as our two primary candidates, right, in the presidential race? Oh, my goodness. Not grumpy. as old as them, Grumpy certainly. old. I think they made a movie about that, Bill. It's <laughs> two Minnesota. grumpy old men, yes. yeah. All right, so New York congressional seat, formerly occupied by the one, the only, George Santos. Nobel Prize winner, George Santos, yes. I think it is. Pulitzer, I think he's won every award, right? It's Olympic not, gold medalist, George Santos. Is <laughs> yeah. it bobsled? <laughs> uh, we had a race. I think it, it's Sweezy or so. I believe it's Sweezy. Yeah. A ro- former congressman. A Democrat. Yeah. Now, you know the history better than I do. Is this a seat that's kind of gone back and forth? Where, it has. It has. It was an upset when Santos, Santos flipped it. So a thing I say with regularity on this show is you got to separate noise from signal. Polling, in my view, tends to be noise. Election results tend to be signal. And going back to what, 2017, Bill, election after election, Democrats are overperforming or performing at historic levels. Republicans have not had good election nights in a while. And so I was not surprised by this. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I know what it means for the fall, but I think it suggests that the Democratic Party's prospects this fall are better than some of the Biden numbers would suggest. Election results tell you more than polling. They always will. So my problem, I, I think it's too early to say whether it's a signal or not. It, it might be the seat was held by this sweezy guy. Santos beat him with his brilliant resume, right? <laughs> All of which was fabricated. But, but my bigger problem really is the party. And and where was the Republican Party on the early voting uh, on this race? I mean, it turned out there was weather that day. There was a little bit of snow, which New Yorkers freak oh, out about. Republican snowflakes can't make it through the snow to vote. <laughs> well, uh, you know, we got to do a better job at early voting. Number one, number yeah. two, we have essentially a nominee already. He may not have earned all uh, the delegates that he needs to secure that, but I don't think there's any doubt Donald Trump's going to be the nominee. And he bragged on Twitter or X about not of staying out of that race. To me, as a party guy, that's ridiculous. You have to have both feet in in every race that matters. Republicans have a razor thin majority in the House of Representatives, a razor thin majority. A one seat addition is an is a plus. 
and for the nominee to sit out of that race for whatever the reason was. Remember, this is the guy who said he was going to have uh, rallies in Brooklyn and one at Madison Square Garden. He thinks he could <laughs> win New York and New Jersey. So then why wouldn't he go to the Long Island and help this candidate? By the way, I think our candidate was weak. And, and that that's a problem of Mike Johnson on the recruiting side. But th- there are some infrastructure issues that I am concerned with. I don't think it uh, is a harbinger of what's going to happen in the fall just yet, but it is a warning sign for our party that you got to pay uh, attention to the infrastructure. Well, I got great news for Bill and the Republican National Committee because everything is peachy keen, a okay at the <laughs> national level, where Ronna McDaniel has uh, been uh, summarily, you know, told to leave exit stage she hasn't right left yet, uh, but she's about to right after the South Carolina primary because Donald Trump turned on her like he turns on everyone and. His number one candidate to replace her, his daughter-in-law, Laura Trump. And what did she say this week about what every the nickel RNC, will go to him? Every nickel will go to Donald Trump. I'm totally so, opposed to this. So much for congressional Republicans or Senate Republicans. All is well with the Republican National. Yeah, Trump's Committee. running out of family members to do really important jobs at his cabinet or whatever. I mean, this is this is an amazing time. We'll get to the Trump stuff in a second, but I could I could actually envision a scenario now, especially with the the recent flailings of the Biden campaign. You know, they're trying to figure out if the guys coherent enough to do the job my words um i could see a scenario where trump wins the presidency and, and the house is, is controlled and the senate controlled by the other party mm-hmm. what would that look like bill uh he could win the presidency and and i could have done this at in, in any of the segments but my advice to trump is the way to do that is to to be less visible say less <laughs> Well, he, he likes I mean, to talk, though. Talk about stepping on the biggest story in the world over the weekend. When her came out with this report that said Biden was too old and feeble to stand trial, he didn't say he didn't commit crimes. He said he was too old and feeble to be convicted for it. Uh, and Donald Trump quickly comes out and trashes Nikki Haley's husband, who's serving his country overseas, and then trashes NATO, which you know, is largely responsible for not having World War III over the last 75 years, you know, that's stepping on a story. The less Donald Trump says, the more likely it is he will win. But you and I know that that's not going to happen, Bill. <laughs> that's not what he ever does. Wish casting by Bill McCaffrey. I am wish cast. Yeah. I, can't I, am. To, I can't wait to read his, uh, his post on Navalny. Yeah, he's not what stepping, that's going to say. He's not stepping on stories. He's stepping on rakes. And he made clear with his comments about Nikki Haley's husband and NATO that once again, he does not understand the people who serve this country in uniform. He does not understand the commitment that we make to our allies. He does not understand that the only time NATO's Article 5 has ever been invoked was after 9-11, where soldiers, sailors, airmen and Marines from other countries locked arms with the United States and served in Afghanistan, fought and died alongside American soldiers. That is the power of an international alliance that Bill is exactly right, has prevented a World War III from happening for 75 years. And Trump will never miss an opportunity to miss an opportunity. Joseph Pecky, Bill McCaution, the political power hour. Lots more to get to. We'll talk about it. Trump trials. Anybody see Fannie Willis testify yesterday? That was like a soap opera. I watched a lot of it. We'll talk about that and uh, the rest of Trump. Big civil fraud decision apparently going to be released today. That's going to cost him a few bucks, I think. We'll see and talk to the guys after this. Charlie working hard on this. That's that's clever. (laughs) Fannie Willis, the DA in Fulton County, Georgia, on the stand defending herself. Uh, There's a lot of 
uh, accusations. Well, she's admitted they had a relationship, romantic relationship, although there's a lot of nuance to that, and she laid it out. I, I, you saw some of this, right? I did. <laughs> uh, Joe, you didn't see it, right? I did not. All I've right. read some of the coverage, but I did not see I it. I watched like two hours of this. Um, i got to tell you, this is not what I expected to, to be watching when it, when it comes to this important case. Yeah. That now we have this sideshow, which, frankly, is, i got to say, it's kind of sort of disqualifying. Right? I think it's an easy disqualification for the judge, although the judge appeared fairly weak yesterday. He let her. Yeah, she uh, went. She was rough uh, on the attorneys who were questioning her. And, you know, there was very little decorum in the in the uh, courtroom. But I would say this. I mean, this is all about whether or not she lied and hired her boyfriend with taxpayer dollars. Uh, and then she benefited from those taxpayer dollars. She's and, a smart DA. What she said is she repaid him using cash that has no way to be traced. No way basically. to be traced. And he's saying the same thing. Although he says on one of the trips, he didn't pay for any of it. Right. Which means uh, the one they went to Belize, she would have given him four or $5,000 probably. Now who's engaging in conspiracy theories? No, well, those are reality. She said this. this. This was said. Under oath before a judge. Yes. Yeah. But I, I'm it, saying this is... If if she isn't disqualified by the judge, she's created an instant appeal for Trump on this. I, I think this is easy. Frankly, having worked for a governor, Governor Kemp has some power here, and he could take her out himself. This is, uh, I, I think, be, well beyond misconduct, in my opinion, her lying about these things, not disclosing. That's a violation of judicial ethics, of, of attorney ethics, that's clear. I don't think you need any more proof than what we already know. And I, this is coming from me and, and maybe Bill. Where there's actually a case to be decided here, an important case. So yeah. this dumbs all of that down. That's not necessarily a good look. Uh, okay. And so it moves to a different prosecutor. Maybe it slows it down. Oh, that's my question. Is, might, that, right? is that what's going to happen? Might. I, it doesn't make the coast, the case magically go away. No, I'm not saying that. I, I'm know, just if she stays messy. on it, I think it does. Very messy. Okay, so instead of 91 felony c- criminal indictments, uh, he's got 78 or 74 that don't have an automatic appeal baked in. I, the guy's in legal trouble. I, I was... Let's not pretend to make this equivalent to the absurdity of the fact that the presumptive Republican nominee for president is currently standing trial in four jurisdictions and is under indictment for 91 felony offenses. Today we are going to find out in New York how many tens, if not hundreds of millions of dollars he is going to have to pay the state of New York for running a fraudulent business empire. That's a civil so case. So let's civil not case. try to conflate you know, Fannie Willis's personal life and you know, peccadilloes she may have you know, engaged in with the absurdity of Donald Trump, 91 times felony indicted, is going to be the Republican. You don't think the president. conduct of a prosecutor, DA, matters when you're talking about a case of this significance? Of, of course, course it, does. it does. Yes. Of course it does. And it, listen, if it were up to me and I could wave a magic wand, she would recuse and we'd get on with it. Well, I think there's a case for her to be disbarred if she was benefiting from those taxpayer dollars without disclosing. I, I, I do. But the the problem, I mean, Donald Trump has a horseshoe in his pocket on these. Alvin Bragg and Fonnie Willis are two of the most arrogant, entitled prosecutors in America. Lawyers? And, and, arrogant? And they have made mistake after mistake after mistake and given him deniability, plausible deniability. So, I mean, if he's going to have 
uh, political cases coming towards him in an election year, you want to have dumb prosecutors, and there's at least two of them coming after him. And if you want Donald Trump to be president, you want him to be quiet for the next nine months. I do. What are the odds of that? Well... Uh, real quick, breaking news, the, the prosecutors in Fulton County said that that'll be enough. Fanny Willis' testimony, they think they've already proved their case that she, she's not going to be disqualified. We're going to find out pretty quickly here. Um, all right, so it's been kind of a quiet time for the for the actual campaign. Now, we know there was a lot of time between New Hampshire and South Carolina. I'm just curious, well, we'll ask after the break, like, why so much time built into that, into the, the race? You seem like you'd want to keep get these things going every two weeks. Am I naive? We'll ask the, the gentleman, Bill McCosh and Joseph Hecke, after this on WTMJ. Political Power Hour on this Friday. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate you taking the time. This is the best hour of political conversation in the state of Wisconsin and beyond. I've been in Chicago a lot. They'd have nothing down here. Be, <laughs> nothing. They're lightweights. They got a lot of crime. They do. And they're experts on crime. All right, gentlemen, the race is kind of... Other than the you know the Biden thing last week where he's too old and we may find out more about Wait, that. Biden's old. <laughs> That's right. Get Sorry out of here. <laughs> he is old. Very old. Breaking news live from WTMJ. Uh, and you know the accusations. Well, not accusations. They were in the uh, special counsel allegations. Special counsel report said that um, he had a little trouble answering some questions. That transcript might become available at some point. So um, Donald Trump doing Donald Trump things. Some rallies around town. He was uh, just in South Carolina, and he was somewhere else recently too. He's fitting it all in with his busy legal Vegas, s- Vegas, Vegas. yeah, B- busy legal schedule. So two questions: one, why this long gap, and and two, um, how would you describe the state of the race today? Nikki Haley's still in this thing. Apparently, she's doing stuff, but I don't know if that's going to change. Well, anything. let me just—I'll talk about the calendar quick, and then you tell us what's going on in the okay. Republican race. Remember that the gap between New Hampshire and South Carolina does seem like an eternity, and there have been contests. There were the Virgin Islands, uh, and then there were two contests in Nevada. So it shouldn't have seemed like this long a break, but for the Republican Party and the Trump machine engaging in some tomfoolery with, well, we'll have a caucus. No, we'll have a primary. Oh, let's have both. Only one will have delegates. Some candidates on the Republican side will run in the caucus. Others will run in the primary. And the takeaway was the media didn't care. It was too hard to follow. Nobody paid attention. So there has been another race. It just didn't matter in the way that South Carolina will. Hmm. So for the 5% of the listeners who understand there is an election next Tuesday, it wasn't that long ago. Less than 20 years ago, Wisconsin would have had their presidential primary next Tuesday on the spring primary date. Uh, you know, we and we mattered. We, in, by April, I think this will be over. Uh, I don't think Wisconsin will be competitive at that point in time unless there's some conviction and there's new life into the Haley campaign. Uh, I think we all see where this is going, but it, it's... Um, we won't be as relevant as we wanted to be. And I think the purpose of moving it at 20 years ago was to line it up with the Supreme Court elections to get better turnout for those things. Maybe that's not the greatest idea for Republicans <laughs> in, in this uh, landscape right now. So um, I, I'm hopeful that Trump will, if if he's going to stay out there, he does focus on issues, including age. I mean, the her story had legs. Within four days of her coming out saying the guy was too old and not couldn't remember, uh, an ABC Ipsos poll came out that said 86% of Americans agree with that. They think he's too old. That is the number one thing voters know. Sometimes candidates can sort of drive the issue agenda. Most of the time, 
the the environment and the voters drive it. In this particular case, the one thing they know about Joe Biden is he's an old man, right? And for Donald Trump to take that off the table last week and say he's not old, he's just incompetent, <laughs> is a mistake politically. It, it it goes against what voters already believe. So why not? Build on that. Use that as your number one building block and then pivot to the border and then pivot to the economy from there. So use age against Biden. Interesting you know, point of clarity is that if Trump won you know, his second term in three years, he would be as old as Biden is now. So, I mean, yeah. he'd also be old. So, I mean, that's an interesting factoid. Um, when you look at this election, let's let's focus on Biden. You're the Democrat. Any concerns here? I mean, he's, he seems to be I, I can tell you that when the Joe Biden I knew 12 years ago, 10 years ago was a lot more with it. He, this seems like a shuffling, somewhat confused at times senior. He's old. I understand Stipulated. that. But he's also president of the United States, And Joe. he's a damn good one who has gotten bipartisan wins for the American people, who, as he said, got this country back on its feet after COVID, who will defend American interests abroad and at home, who has the guts to stand up to Putin while Republicans in Congress and Donald Trump roll over and want to belly rub, right? Like, the notion that we're saying age is the issue. How about the issue of the future of American national security? How about how we strengthen and make more resilient the electrical grid? How about, you know, education in this country, tax policy? There are actual issues the cost of health care. And on all of those issues, Joe Biden has a plan. He has an agenda. He has made some progress in most of those areas. That is a thing that is not well known. And a billion dollar campaign is going to change that. They can't, we can't change the fact that Joe Biden is old. Well, that's the problem, because what you just did in that minute soliloquy there, Joe Biden couldn't do today. He, he, couldn't, couldn't, he couldn't say and, that. And I think you gave us an opening on national security. I think his age is the number one factor. What what concerns voters? What happens in a crisis? Is this guy up to it at his age? What they see on TV doesn't look like he's up to it. So I think there is a connection between those. He's managing what's happening in the Middle East. This is a messy, terrible situation, and it has not sprouted into a regional war. All right, after the break, who's running for that Senate seat in Wisconsin with the guys after this? All right, let's bring it back to Wisconsin. My guest, as always, on the Political Power Hour, a show so great. I said to myself, actually, consultant said, you know, you should make that the name of your show all week, which is when it's going to happen next Monday. Are you excited about that for me? We want royalties. That's our name. <laughs> See, I knew that was, from a guy like you, I knew that was going to come. <laughs> Mr. McCoshin will be doing my negotiating. Hey, I'm the one who came up with the name. That's our name. It was actually Charlie who came up with the name. That's what he says. Was it Charlie who came up with the was name? Was it? Okay, so to be fair, when I labeled the podcast, it was the McCoshin and Zapecki Power Hour. You added the political part. Oh, I said, get their names off. There. Oh. <laughs> no free advertising. See, no, it's all coming. It's all coming. We back need to Charlie me. to negotiate for us. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, Monday through Friday, 9 to 10, and it's a powerhouse. I got two great guests on Monday. Charles Benson, who does it very well, and then uh, Matt yes. Smith from Channel 12 in town, who has a statewide must-watch political show. He's done a really nice job with that, too. And I had I had fun. I sat down and did a podcast with him yesterday. Really? Yeah, he's, he's a young man. Yeah. And, and you're because gonna be he's from the Twin Ports. He's he from is. Esco, we, we talked Minnesota. about that, yeah. Yes. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. And you're going to be the short guy in the studio, because Charles and Matt are both tall Americans. Yes, they are. I'm 5'11". Why are you mm-hmm. making me short? Compared to those guys, you're short. <laughs> Right. And how tall are you, Joe? Not tall. 
Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Eric Hovde looks like a tall man. Is I he think a tall he's about 6'2", yeah. Yeah, I, I thought so. He looks yeah. like, a, he looks like a, um, a soap opera star, but he's running for Senate. Quite fit. Yeah. yeah. Wait, he's, is he? Oh, yeah. What? Is he running? I think he's Tuesday. Yeah. Has he said the words he's in? Yeah. Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, why do you seem surprised? Well, I can't keep it straight. We've got Republican <laughs> candidates for the Senate. Say, I'm in, well, I'm not You don't in, have I'm to out. do it until you have to do it. Oh, Otherwise, yeah. you spend a lot of money. So it takes to. a while to get from California to Wisconsin to launch the campaign? Oh, is that your comment? Is that what's going on? <laughs> He's a banker in California, but he also has residence in Wisconsin. Drop the green flag. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> so um, there was another gentleman, Scott Mayer. Meyer, whatever it is. Franklin Businessman. My blowny has a second name. I don't it's believe M-A-Y-E-R. he's in the sausage business. I think he has a, a staffing business. Yeah, I, I'm not saying anything. I'm not casting aspersions. I don't know, Scott. I, and I, I live fairly close to Franklin, but, you know, I, frankly, I've, I've had heard a very his... bad week, Mr. Mayor. Yeah, it seemed confu- confused, the yeah, announcement. He announced uh, that he's still considering and took some shots at Hovde and then said, and my campaign manager is Chaz Nichols, who ran. Rebecca Clayfish's campaign, I know Chaz, he's a talented guy. Chaz, within an hour, put out a statement saying, mm, yeah, no, I'm not running that campaign. <laughs> so, really, really tough look for Scott Mayer. So what, what is that about? How does that happen exactly? Um, is that like somebody just Inexperience. Saying, yeah, I would think that would be the answer. Mm. Are you worried as, as a Tammy Baldwin supporter about uh, Eric Hubde? About the emerging Republican contest, intra-party food fight between well, Scott Mayer be, and Eric Hubde? It may not be anybody, it might just be Hubde. Scott Mayer sounds like a guy who really wants to run for the United States Senate. I don't know. The, the smoke-filled room, big party boss is going to keep him out? Yes. Oh, okay. I want to be president, too, but I'm not running for president. Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? So maybe Could that's what he's thinking. You're significantly younger than the current guy. <laughs> Yeah, thank you, for, thank you for saying and that. And you have more hours in the day now, as of Monday, right? You could do it. I have plenty of time. Although KJP said uh, Biden does more in an hour than all of us Americans do in a full day. Is that true, day. really? Is that true, really? We're just jawjacking on the radio. I mean, <laughs> this ain't work. We're not reading classified briefing materials and talking with world leaders. Come on. Yeah, there's no, plenty of guys who read stuff on the radio. I find it in all seriousness. Pudding. Am I, that, that am I a worried lot as a Tammy Baldwin supporter about yeah. Eric Hufty? Yeah. No. Not particularly. Why not? not? Well, not any more worried than I am about any Republican opponent. What if Trump has a big day? A, what if Trump has a big day? In Battleground, Wisconsin, where races are always close, right? Not Tammy, hers. Tammy Baldwin is a very good United States senator who has delivered a lot for this state and is on the right side of the issues when you look at where the people of Wisconsin are. It, it took a long time for there to be a candidate. He's a candidate with a track record that I don't think fits where the state of Wisconsin is on issues like health care, on access to reproductive freedom and choice. So... Hey, let's have a campaign. It's going to be a shorter campaign than a lot of them. And as somebody who has frequently said, you know what we need? Shorter campaigns. I'm good with that, too. Let's go with it, right? All so, right. okay, Eric welcome Humpty. to the race. His strengths and his weaknesses. Super successful businessman. He is an outsider. He's never held public office. He'll go to D.C. for a short period of time, make his mark, change, hopefully drain the swamp, and then go back to business. He right? ran for Senate. What was the year? He ran for uh, Senate years ago. in yeah. 2012 against Tommy Thompson, came in a close second. And as I've said on this show a couple weeks ago, he actually had the lead on Tommy three weeks out, and we had to drop the hammer on him, and, and we did. Uh, Eric is, I think he learned some good lessons from that. I think he's much more prepared for this race. Uh, he's going to invest significant resources in it. Rich guy. Uh, that's and, what that's and I code think, for. Uh, I think he's got a, a tremendous chance. Tammy Baldwin is a tough out, but she's going to have to run ahead of Joe Biden here in Wisconsin in 2024. I believe that's not an impossible barrier. Ron Johnson ran ahead of Donald Trump in 2016 when Trump became the first Republican to win Wisconsin since 1984. So I think she can run ahead of the president, but she's going to have to. I, I like 
with a straight face calling candidates who run for the U.S. Senate twice in two decades, more than 10 years apart, outsiders. <laughs> Let's go All with right. that. Let's take a break. Grab bag. Grab bag. Let's do it. We'll wrap up the political power hour, the last of the three-hour version of this show. And oh, by the way, if you have uh, been waiting for the the last if Steve wrote the world, it's it's dynamite. Uh, producer Charlie and I have cooked up a nice uh, final farewell to one of my favorite segments of all time. It actually goes origins go back to the beginning of the show with with Billstead and I. So going to be looking forward to that in eleven o'clock hour. Uh, lots more to get to. We'll do the grab bag after this on WTMJ. Oh, this hour goes too fast, so I better get used to it. Sorry, next week, a lot of fast hours. So much time. You know what's going to be good this year besides my one-hour show? My golf game. Looking forward to that. Weather's warming up. We're almost golf Look out, now. Mosquito Lakes Duffers. Oh, yes. I've been taking lessons. I'm ready. You are, So that's one thing we will do after one of these Fridays. Great. Yeah, we're yeah. going to play some golf. Great. Who's got a, who's got the hook? You probably have the hookup, Bill. I, I can probably... <laughs> Set us up for sure. That's like such yeah. a cliche. I look at the rich Republicans. So you got the hook up, don't you? Rich Republicans. Yeah, I right, got the grab- reduced lunch when I was a kid. <laughs> I'm not saying where you started, where you finished. That's uh, more important. All right, grab bag, Joe. There are reports out of Russia this morning that uh, Alexander Navalny has died in a Russian prison camp. For those who do not know, he is uh, an opposition leader. Was an opposition leader um, who had the courage to stand up to Vladimir Putin and fight for a better future for the people of Russia. And I just want people to think about that. There are some great documentaries out there, including on Amazon Prime, about Navalny and all that he fought for. This is someone who was poisoned by the Putin regime, who was jailed by the Putin regime. And ultimately, if you listen to a lot of the people who watch this stuff, he was murdered by the Putin regime. That this was a death sentence to send him to a hard prison labor work camp uh, for the crime of voicing opposition. To Vladimir Putin and one of the things we have to think about very seriously as much as we joke about politics and have fun covering it and analyzing it is how important dissent is and how fundamental that is you should be able to oppose people in power in this country and around the world Alexander Navalny has now apparently died for that fight we owe him and his family the respect and you know commitment to remember his sacrifice, and to always fight to protect voices of dissent wherever they are. And, you know, Bill and I disagree about a lot, but we do it respectfully. That's what this show has been about, is about, and that's why I love doing it. I will always defend your right to disagree with me and to talk trash about Joe Biden or whatever Democrat, because I know that you will do the same when I talk trash and criticize Donald Trump and other Republicans. And we have got to figure out a way to have more people understand the importance of that in our world. Rest in peace, Alex Navalny. Here, here. I have a good and a bad. The good, Caitlin Clark, uh, University of Iowa, set the women's NCAA Division One scoring record last night with a signature three-pointer. From the logo. <laughs> she is amazing. She is selling out women's arenas across the big 10 people want to see her they want to be part of it it's amazing uh thank you for what you've done for women's basketball i think it's it's uh truly transformational secondly on the bad side bad announcement today out of middleton wisconsin which is where i now live uh the the american girl company is closing their headquarters in middleton this is present pleasant role in jerry fauci's shop pleasant started this uh company the american girl dolls in 1986 
Uh, she and her husband, Jerry, are phenomenal uh, donors in the Madison area. The Overture Center would not have uh, happened without their $100 million they put in. They put money in everything. Uh, this is a bad sign. Those dolls are now made in China, which is really sad. Uh, so, you know, I have a my granddaughter has American Girl dolls. My 70-year-old sister has American Girl dolls. They're iconic. Um, you know, this is a sad story for for Wisconsin and for America, I think. Yeah, my daughter's had American Girl dolls as well. I remember my wife, Kathy, taking them down in Chicago, one of their big stores. And Yeah, it's a, it's a sad day when a, when a tradition and a business like that closes in the state of Wisconsin. Gentlemen, we'll do it again next Friday, the Political Power Hour. Joe Zapecki, Bill McCoshin, left and right, liberal conservative. We do it every week. And starting next week, I do it every day with different guests. So look forward to that. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. It's WTMJ Now. News, opinions, Wisconsin. Everything you need to know in the Badger State and beyond. Here's your host, Steve Scafidi. And happy Friday, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Yes, thanks for taking the time to find us over the air online podcast. Three new podcasts every week. Thanks to producer Charlie for doing all the heavy lifting on that. We bring the guests. He does all the all the rest. And uh, we do two politically leaning podcasts, Decision Wisconsin. So uh, uh, you can check it all out at WTMJ.com or wherever you get your podcast. That's Decision Wisconsin. Then we do sort of one that generally isn't about politics, although this week's guest is. Um, that's called Scafidiology, also available at WTMJ.com or wherever you get your podcast. Uh, Milwaukee Mayor Kevlar Johnson joined us. Uh, for this week's edition, which is now live on all platforms. Uh, next, we got a great one on the uh, videology. Carol Kane and Steve Pallack, 90 years, roughly, of radio experience. And we just had fun. They were on the show, uh, when was that? Monday. And uh, I said, let's do a podcast. And we sat down and, and just riffed for like 20 minutes. Uh, if you're a fan of Carol or Steve, legends in Milwaukee radio, um, that's a fun one. And that'll be published next Friday. Uh, i got some great ones coming up on the political side. Tom Tiffany, Congressman, Northern Wisconsin, Trump supporter. There's that fair and balance I talked about, even though you say I'm not. There you go. Tom Tiffany will join us. Uh, Matt Smith's going to do one on Monday. He's also going to be on the program Monday. The uh, the debut of the Political Power Hour Monday through Friday, not just the Friday edition. Um, we got some great guests lined up. Uh, it's going to be a very intense hour, so I can I can prepare you in that sense, right? Focused, on point, political stories explained by subject matter experts from from journalism, from just the the writing, commentator role, that sort of uh, lean left and right, public safety, legal scholars, former justices. We had former Wisconsin Supreme Court Justice uh, Janine Geske on yesterday. And, of course, Bill and Joe aren't going anywhere. They'll be on the Friday edition. They may even jump in during the week if there's breaking news on politics. So very focused hour here on WTMJ. All right, a couple things before I get to the uh, the question I want to ask you. I already kind of know the answer statistically or, or data-driven answer to this, but I want to hear from you on this one. So if you're uh, not handy with the number, write this down, 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620, WTMJ talking text line. I'm going to ask you a question in a second. So um, I did a show poll today. And I do one every day that I'm doing the show, and I'll continue that. That is going to continue uh, in the uh, the new version of what I do here at WTMJ. I just threw this out because um, I noticed this morning on the drive-in, I sample a lot of local radio and, and local TV, and it is um, interesting to me that 
you know, this has been a very uncharacteristic winter in Wisconsin. It's setting up to be the warmest ever, but we still have time to change that. But it's not likely that's going to change much. I mean, many, many days. I think it's like 50 days over freezing. It's it's absolutely incredible. Uh, snow totals significantly down across the state. There was a day last week when the entire state of Wisconsin in February had no snow on the ground. And my dad was a meteorologist for a long time, and even he said that that is unusual. There are places in Wisconsin that literally have snow cover from end of November to March or April. That didn't happen this year. Doesn't mean they can't have a hard spring with snow, but or a hard rest of winter, I probably should say first. Uh, but very warm. So I just asked a basic question. Not the weather per se, but do you miss the winter weather? That's the question. Be honest. Do you miss the cold and snow? And I already got 200 votes. And you can find it on the X, Twitter. And you can vote on the WTMJ talk and text line. I'll give you a few choices. Hell no, six-month spring. That's where I'm at. If I can go from fall, little taste of winter just for the you know the picture postcard stuff, snow-covered branches, little cover in the backyard for Christmas maybe. I don't need the below zero weather. We had very little of that this year. So the hell no's are winning easily, 66%. Yes, love winter, 25%. That seems low to me, but that's what you're saying. Uh, don't care, either way, 7%. I would get, if I get, I would guess if that's any question about anything, it would always be 7% don't care. That's not surprising. A few comments as well on the, uh, on the X, formerly known as Twitter. Uh, climate change is not so bad after all. I guess that's a comment you could make. Love the cold, hate the snow. If I was going to pick between the, Cold and the snow, I take the snow. I don't like cold weather. Yes, I know I live in Wisconsin. And Bob says, has really hurt tourism big up north. Yeah, that's one of the things I'm going to talk to Tom Tiffany about because he serves northern Wisconsin just to see what that's like up there because uh, he's uh, he serves the Wausau area, if you know that part of the state, and north. Tomahawk's probably in there. My cousin Sam was up in the, in that neck of the woods. Merrill area. Um, just to, It's been... Very, very unusual. So we'll uh, we'll ask him about that. Uh, but let's let's focus on this one. So as we as we talk about news, this station's taking a, a like a hard pivot to, to news content, right? Which is a good thing. It's a great thing, especially in the the era of sort of performative politics, sensationalism, uh, sort of people moving away from journalism. Which, in my opinion, as a journalism student in college is unfortunate i'm asking this question and i'm gonna we're gonna have a special guest in, a, in after the next break but I'm, well, i'll get back to it how do you get your news that's all i need 855-616-1620 you can certainly call or text how do you get your news i can tell you that most people get their news off their smartphone but i want a little more detail than that are you looking at websites are you watching rebroadcasts or podcasts um, I say this because I, I do this, but I don't think this should be your only source. Are you getting your news off Twitter? I hope not. I mean, it's, it, is a, it is a source of many sources, but it's not the best source. So think about it. 855-616-1620. Tell me what you think. Where do you get your news? Just pick one. When you wake up, whenever that is, where do you go for the news? You want to find out what something, whatever your news interest is, where is that coming from? We're going to talk about that in a bit. After the break, a special guest, a new teammate. I'm not even going to tell you who it is until we get back from the break. She's excited. I'm excited. You will be too after this.
Always look forward to these interviews. I had uh, Jeff Sherman on from the upswing yesterday. I had Kristen Bry from Spanning the States. You also know her from her social media, as goes to Wisconsin. She's brilliant when it comes to that. So I look forward to working with all these folks. And today is another one of those people. You know her from TV. She's a, she's a blast. I've gotten to know her a little bit in the last couple of weeks. Jessica Ty joins us. She'll be working middays with Greg Matzik. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Yeah, I love Fridays. Don't you? Especially when I have nothing on my docket for the weekend. Oh, you're just going to relax. I, I think so. I'm not going to watch a lot of TV. I'm going to read, which I got like three books stacked up. What are you reading right now? Uh, what Really Happens in Vegas. <gasps> I'm going to Vegas for the first time coming up. I hear it stays in Vegas. Is there anything else? <laughs> um, if you love eating, there are so I many do. great there's so many great restaurants now. I can give you some tips because I go three times or four times a year, and I have done that for like forty years. I will take them because that's the well. I was gonna say that's the first thing I did, but no, it was the second thing. The first thing I did was look at some shows. Second thing I did was research some restaurants. I'm a huge foodie. Love Milwaukee. Food. It's one of the best restaurants. Yeah, too. Uh, yeah. Milwaukee's loaded with restaurants, and I love talking about them. So, um, you are coming to our middays. Yes, you're working with my pal Greg Matzik. Um, I guess tell us the story of like where you, I know you were TV, like where you came from and why this is your thing now. Well, here's the thing. I'm a journalist at heart. So forget TV, forget radio. I've been a journalist from the get go. I went to school. You know, even if you take it back to like my days at Brookfield East High School here in the area, I love to write. I was editor in chief of the high school newspaper. Uh, one of my fun facts, I was just thinking about this. They wanted me to put a couple fun facts together for our website. I was the first one to put color on the Spartan banner back in the day. Wow. You make it sound like you're 60 years old. Don't you? I know, I'm not. I'm not. But I mean, it was different then. So, um, but so yes. Bottom line, I I always loved to write. I think initially I thought I would go into newspaper or magazine. Somebody kind of threw around the TV idea, and at that time I thought that just adds another challenge, an extra challenge if you add the video in. Now everybody's doing video in a way. So right. even here we are as well. So if you fast forward. I have been in the news industry for 17 years, nearly two decades, uh, throughout the country, but a lot of it's spent here as well. Seven years here in Milwaukee at CBS. I also spent time in La Crosse, Wisconsin, the beautiful bluffs up there. Oh, Loved that. Gorgeous. Um, and then just in case other people are interested, I mean, my first job right out of college, uh, I was really lucky to have a job right out of college because usually it, the industry has changed a lot, but back then they would tell you, you could be out of a job for a whole year. Your business school friends will be making all this money, and they'll have a job right away, and you could wait a year before you even get something. Well, I was lucky. I think a lot of hard work goes into that as well, but I had a job right away, so graduated. My dad and I packed up my little green Chevy Cavalier then, <laughs> and we went to the mountains of West Virginia, and uh, I was working three days later, and then it was nonstop uh, for 17 years straight, and I had a little bit of a break here. Did a bunch of stuff. I was like a Jessica of all trades. I got married. Oh. <laughs> uh, I was married to work for a long, long time. Now I'm actually married as well. Common trait of people that work in TV. Isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So I had a break and that was nice. And uh, I guess they sucked me back in. Once a newsie, always a newsie. So what's, what excites you about radio? It's different for me. I'm learning. I mean, this isn't just something where... I've been doing it for 17 years, and, and I know it, and I get it. I mean, I'm a little nervous, too, because it's something new. I always say if you're nervous, though, it shows you care, right? Yeah. It shows you're you care. You're invested. But I'm nervous a little bit because it's new, but it's also what I do. I mean, this is what I've been doing. I don't have an agenda. I'm here to bring you the news. I'm here to bring you the stories and, and the stories of our people, our local stories. I love Milwaukee. Anybody who knows me knows this is my heart. I grew up here. 
I also left. I mean, I went to school at a state and then I worked across the country in various places and I came back. So I have a, a real appreciation for this city. I, I know the history of it, what it was like, and um, I, I can't wait to see where we are in five years. I said that five years ago when I was moved back, went to Tosa, lived in Tosa at the time, but now I live downtown, and I, I just love Milwaukee. What's your passions away from work? The Bucks. Can you tell? Look at look at my colors. I today. see the colors. Yeah, it's been a, a rough ten ten games for stretch for the Bucks with the new coach. Three and seven. We, uh, I know. Here's the thing. Okay, so for people, if you're on the stream, you can see this. But when I said look at my colors, I've got green on, but it's not just green. It's got the Cream City brick color, yeah, you and then a, that blue that yeah. they brought in a couple years ago. Yeah, there's a name for that, but I forgot what it was. Yeah. It, you know, it's on the. You've waters. got all the colors. But on. when I saw this, I was like, that that's a Bucks so shirt. That, is that a that's not no. a Bucks? Well, no. that's coincidence. Wow. <laughs> and I said, I've got to get that because it just it reminds me everything about it. But I, I love the Bucks. You're right. Ooh, it's a little nerve wracking right now. I don't even want to say this out loud because I feel like I'm going to jinx it. But I've gone to about eight games so far this season, maybe nine, and they've won all of those games. Well, you should go to more games then because <laughs> they're playing. I mean, if you look at the NBA, they're still one of the best teams. But we were, I think, with the arrival of Dame Lillard. Lillard? Lillard, Lillard. yeah. We would have expected a little more, and then the surprise, you know, firing of Adrian Griffin, and it's just an—it's like an unsettled. It's hard. It's hard. I feel like okay, let's see what happens. I think it's tough. You have a new coach in the middle of the season, and even though you know Dame's fantastic, he's going through a lot of stuff too. I mean, he's going through family stuff. He all of a sudden has got a new team. Um, I think it takes a little bit of time sometimes for people to totally mesh. You think, okay, this he's a star, and he's a star. It should just be magic on the court, right? Well, that would be fantastic. It's not exactly that, but I have high hopes. I'm, I'm optimistic. I, I think we can we can pull this around. And we'll, yeah, we'll I don't know. Maybe I, maybe I do need some more Bucks tickets or something. <laughs> get, get, get me in there. Well, if you're if you're undefeated going to the games, you should go to more games. All <laughs> right. So um, you've been hanging around with Greg a little bit, kind of fleshing out the show. What should a listener fan of the show expect? Well, I think bottom line is we've got a lot, you know, you've got your political power hour and then we've got Jeff with the upswing. So there's going to be a little bit of time in there where we've got some fun, different stuff. Um, politics, uh, you know, can be mm-hmm. fun in a way, but <laughs> it can be both fun and aggravating. Uh, yes, exactly. But anyway, so you've got your morning news, but then we've got this other time for the political power hour and the upswing. And then comes 11 o'clock to one. That's the midday show. That's where we're going to get you up to date. I mean, it's it's around lunchtime, people going out to work. Turn on the radio. We'll get you your headlines. We'll get you the local stories, the statewide stories, the national stories. And we're kind of going to bring these to life. We'll have guests on as well. Uh, and just talk about it, too. So, again, bringing those stories to life. It's it's your touch point in the middle of the day. I mentioned people in the radio, but, um, you know, turning on the radio in the car. But also, maybe you've got the, the moms at home or the parents at home who can say, Hey, Siri, turn on 620 WTMJ. I, I love doing that. That's fantastic. So let's just get you up to date in the middle of the day. It's a good touch point. You probably just activated everyone's I did do that in our in our company-wide meeting yesterday. <laughs> I've done that before. So people go, you know, you just turn my thing on. Um, Oops. So I've, I've worked with Greg for seven years. He's fantastic. He's, he's he? a great partner to have and a teammate. I, I look forward to the show. Um, it'll be you know something I listen to if, if I'm getting out here early. It is um, a treat to get to meet you finally. Uh, we we chatted a little bit briefly, but I'm and just, I interviewed you back in the day. But it's, it's different when you're it rolling is. in for an interview real quick. And yeah, 
Now you get to see my breaking news shoes, and you kind of get to see <laughs> me in a different those. way, right? And she does indeed have breaking news shoes on as we talk, <laughs> which I've never seen before. They make you make you run faster. Where would they're you not find those kinds of shoes? I bought them years ago. I don't wear them a lot. I just thought it'd be kind of fun as I came on the show today. <laughs> Usually I'm in heels. Uh, but yeah, if you need to run, I say I only really run if somebody's running after me or for breaking news. I'm not much of a runner, but uh, I got these on, online somewhere. You can get anything online now. Yeah, that's true. Jessica Ty, one of the, uh, the stars of the uh, mid day show here on w too nice no you're a star i and i've i've watched you for a long time so i, I kind of know who you are in that sense it'd be great to know you as a teammate as well yeah it'll be different thanks so for I'm hanging excited. out thank yeah. you steve that all starts next monday right here on wtmj thanks for taking the time on this friday doesn't feel like friday we went really fast Great to hang out with one of my new teammates, Jessica Ty, of the uh, Midday Show here on WTMJ with her breaking news shoes. Maybe I need some breaking news shoes. I got the 9 o'clock hour. Maybe I need some of those. What if they make them in men's styles? Yes? Oh, Jessica's going to look for me. How about that? Charlie, producing it today, as always. Uh, little show notes. You don't want to miss the 11 o'clock hour. We always start with Libby Collins, but uh, the about 11.20-ish is the, the finale of If Steve Rolled the World. Now... I'm going to say this in the in the actual presentation later, but that idea started way back with the Scavidian and Billstead show, and it was a idea from now State Senator John Jagler, but then ex WTMJ guy, well, he's still an ex WTMJ guy, John Jagler, called "There Ought to Be a Law," and we started to morph it. So we I think we did "There Ought to Be a Law" or version of that for a while, and then I I did sort of a crude version. Of if Steve rolled the world with a more of a um, just me talking, and then we started to throw the audio in the mix. So we're talking seven years. So today at about eleven twenty is is an extended edition, final edition of if Steve rolled the world. And I will tell you that feelings will be hurt. Now this is all tongue in cheek. My wife says, "Oh, don't be so mean." It's not mean. It's just it's tongue in cheek. You have to understand that concept to get it. Some people do. Some people don't. Um, I'm a, I'm an equal opportunity destroyer today. So we go after. Democrats and Republicans, which will make some people happy and some people mad. Uh, some great audio, some clips you've heard before, some that I added in for just this this uh, finale. That's coming up at 1120. we got the weekend review coming up as well. So before the break, I asked you this question. I know I got another break because I was talking so much. Um, how do you get your news? Why do I ask? Somebody said, why do you ask that question? This year, 2024, you know, one of the reasons we're doing what we're doing at WTMJ is because this is a very news-focused year. Now, I go into this conversation saying, I know there's people that say, I don't, you know, I don't pay attention to it. I understand the opinion. I don't like that take. Because one of the problems I think we have in this world, this country, this place we live, or where you live, is that we don't understand each other. We don't understand each other because we're not aware of what's going around around, around us. It's the... Um, in a non-political sense, it's the folks who's never traveled out of the town they live in, or they don't never travel out of the state they live in. There's a whole world out there that I think, my opinion, I, and I've traveled all 49 states, never been to Hawaii, I, I hope to do that soon, of people that sound different, look different maybe, certainly have um, different lifestyles. And I think that exposure gives you a better sense of Maybe even the difficulties we, we face in this country, why we don't get each other, why we, we tend to uh, go in our silos and in our camps and, and not play well together. And I did a whole piece yesterday. It's on the on my social media if you want to see it, on 
the anger that's in our country because people are mad, constantly mad, you know, pushed by squawking heads and the like. And I, I don't want to go into into that debate again, but that's part of it. Drives anger, makes people crazy. So when I look at news, there's a there's a bunch of ways you can consume news, right? I'll give you mine, then you can share yours, 855-616-1620. Trying to get a sense of where people are at. I consume consume news in a lot of different ways. When I come here at 6 o'clock in the morning, generally right around that time, 6.15, I'm here, um, open up my laptop, looking at four or five newspapers online, Washington Post, L.A., Chicago, different papers, I, I could look at the, uh, the Star Tribune up in Minneapolis, certainly the Journal Sentinel here. Um, great examples of great journalism. Now, I know, having done a show for a while, that that is one of the areas that people cite as the problem. They don't trust journalists. I'm not in that camp. And you'll know this by the launch of our new show, Political Power Hour on Monday. We're going to have two local TV journalists front and center for a show. Charles Benson from TMJ4, our partners, and then Matt Smith, whose show up front on Sunday mornings on Channel 12 is one of the best hours of politics on TV in the state of Wisconsin. He's also going to join me for a podcast, which we'll we'll, uh, publish on Monday. So I don't fall into the journalist suck category, if that's how you would describe people that don't like journalism. There are people that walk around, even people that do what I do, that won't even say the name of the newspaper. Silly, dumb, stupid. Why, Why do that? Journal Sentinel. Used to be separate, now they're together. Great journalists, you'll hear some of them on our airwaves. So that's the that's the way that a lot of us grew up. I, we got papers delivered to our house. I was a paper boy for a brief time, didn't love the job, my brother did it. And then local news, right? We'd watch the, the you know, four, CMJ4 had a dominant market share back in the day, and there's still a strong powerhouse station. But other stations have emerged, right? Fox 6, 58. Channel 12. So that's the other piece. And there's, of course, the network nightly news shows. Those of us who are older remember the, you know, the Peter Jennings, Dan Rathers, if you want to go way back, Walter Cronkite's. Uh, now, Lester Holt, Nora O'Donnell. I still have value in those programs. I don't watch the entire program, but I sample it. I see what Lester Holt's talking about or Nora O'Donnell or others to get a sense of what... I used to do this a lot. What's their top top three stories? Am I talking about those stories? Because that's what America's talking about. And I would try to match that. I don't do that now. Then there's the networks, right? The CNNs, the MSNBCs, the Foxes, the uh, you know Newsmax. Who's, this is not breaking news, but their market share is increasing. A lot of people who are angry at Fox have gone to Newsmax. I wouldn't call them a, a news source, but some people do. 855-616-1620 is the WTMJ Talk and Text Line. Where do you get your news? I'm going to give you some audience feedback on that question. I'll give you some some numbers, some details on what America is doing, the trend of news consumption. We'll do that, all of that, after this. Where do you get your news? That's a simple question. I had a lot of text responses. I see some folks are dialing up the... Uh, Talking text line 855-616-1620. Happy Friday, everybody. So these are from the text line. Aaron from Greendale. I get my news from WTMJ now. Well, thank you for that. It's fair and balanced. The real fair and balanced, I would add. When you're not reporting the news, it comes from watching online websites, both left and right. Social media is from millennials to post. 
Um, different things. Uh, Steve, I miss winter. That's sort of related to the winter question. Uh, I, I've gotten a lot of those texts. I, I'm not going to do a ton on that, but it is my show poll today if you have a comment about missing winter. Uh, get my news from Fox and WTMJ. Uh, thanks for the nice comments from the 920. Scafidi is where I get my news level-headed. Um, from the 262, good morning. Just want to say I love all the additions and changes that WTMJ is, TMJ is making. Uh, Steve, really enjoy the experts that you're bringing along for discussions. Yeah, that's going to be a noticeable thing. I do, I, I do it a lot of guests, but this is going to be pretty focused uh, a sort of a different theme or maybe angle is the right word each day with journalists and legal scholars and uh, people who write about politics, the Christian Snyders of the world, um, obviously Annie Schwartz, public safety. So very focused hour. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Chris starts us off from Green Bay. Hey, Chris. Paul, Chris. Um, so I, I'm not sure if you've ever seen them on YouTube. They're uh... – it's a couple of programs. One's from the Hill. It's called Rising, and the other is uh, Breaking Points. I, I have seen the. Ha- yeah, I've seen them. I've I've heard about them. Yes, I don't. That's not a regular thing for me, but I'll, maybe I'll take it up and see what that looks like. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I like it because they have really on both of the shows they have kind of the conservative and uh, a more liberal um, viewpoint on the shows. Uh, they're kind of quick segments and um, I can pick and choose what I want to watch. But otherwise, other than that, if it's uh, like some type of maybe election coverage or some type of major story-breaking breaking story, I would turn on uh, you know, Fox, CNN, MSNBC to kind of switch between them to kind of try and parse out, I don't know, just Take a look at how their coverage differs. Yeah, it's a great point. Thanks for the call, Chris. One of the, one of the great things about doing it that way, and I do that at night, what they ignore, what they cover, or if they're all covering the story, if it's that big, how they cover it. And it's fascinating. Now, I know a lot of people, this is part of the, the consumption piece of this. I know that a lot of people, I have friends that do this. They literally will watch the same network. It's just on constantly, whether it's CNN or MSNBC or Fox. So that that's a thing that, I don't necessarily think it's helpful. It's reassuring to someone to think that other people think like they do. I get that part of it, but it's not necessarily illuminating when it comes to getting a perspective on what other people think, unless you don't care about whatever other people think. Um, let's see. Uh, Yahoo.com for news. WTMJ, WTMJ. Uh, international news during night from BBC. I'm a big fan of BBC. Did a piece with um, uh, a... UK colleague Ben Prater that's uh, running in, on BBC Wiltshire right now. Um, you can probably find it. BBC Wiltshire, uh, one of the many BBC radio places in the UK. Um, and Ben's going to actually join me from our podcast at some point in the next month. Uh, Major Garrett, who joins John McCurin in the afternoon. I said this to John many times. Major Garrett is one of the best reporters I've ever heard. He's been doing, I think he's, he's served or he's uh, worked with like within four or five different presidents. It's one running on one of our promos, actually. Um, I remember, quick story, I, I visited the White House a lot in like 2012 to 2014, and on the north side of the White House is the area where the, where the press have like, like these tents set up, each, each of the major networks. And I, I walked by this press row. I had just done an interview with somebody, and there's Major Garrett puffing out a cigarette just outside the, I think it was CBS, uh, right outside their tent. I'll never forget the image, uh, but he is 
thoughtful. He's got his own podcast. But his perspective on the news, historically based, right? He's been there, seen that, different administrations, fact-based. Um, he is one of the best. That's why I always try to make sure that I catch John on Wisconsin's Afternoon News. Uh, PBS NewsHour, some people are saying. Uh, Lester Holt getting some love. My show, BBC, CNN, USA, uh, Nor O'Donnell. After the break, I'll give you a couple quick stats on, on what people are saying about how they consume news. We'll do that after this break. Ask me the question, where do you get your news from? So, there's a bunch of different surveys and, and studies that look at consumption of news. I'm going to give you some general numbers here. If you just ask the question, what device do you use to get your news? 86% of Americans say, first, smartphone, computer, tablet. That's the new reality, right? Because, you know, you go back 20 years, it wouldn't be that anywhere near that high. Uh, second place is television. Not surprising. Local news, right? Breaking news, nightly news, networks, the big ones. Radio, 50%. Use radio as their source. And then we got print at 32. That last one, the decline of print, the consumption of print. The wor- I, Look, I'm not in the hate journalist camp, right? I know there's lots of people who do that now. They're angry. There's that angry term again because they feel news is too biased. I would argue it's because they're telling you something that you don't want to hear, which is hard for people. It's never easy. I don't care what your political persuasion is. It's never easy to have a person you voted for or an idea that you have held dear be challenged or proven false or, in the case of an individual or a politician, demonstrated they don't know what the hell they're doing. That's not easy. It sort of voids your previous vote. So the way that politics, or the way that news coverage, rather, has shifted that dynamic they basically have said, we're going to have these pseudo-news organizations. I would put Newsmax in that category. A little bit of MSNBC, a little bit of Fox. Where we're going to have these journalistic-looking folks in these fancy sets, these you know big desks, all kinds of lights and technology. And they're going to sort of pretend to be newscasters. We know they're not newscasters. One of my colleagues in Milwaukee got offended when I said, most of the people that do what I do are entertainers. They're not journalists. The other sad fact is, and you can look it up if you want, most of the people that do talk radio, that's all they've done for the most part. They don't have life experience. They haven't run companies. They haven't done a lot of things. And I would argue that all those extra things that you can do in your journey to whatever puts you on a radio station or in front of a mic is important, whether that's balancing budgets, whether that's managing people, whether that's dealing with real conflict. If all you ever did is spoke on a mic, you know, shouting political talking points, well, it's pretty easy to fall into the mindset that this is brilliant, I tell you this, you should definitely believe it and never challenge anything. That's the mindset of too many consumers of talk radio. And this is not breaking news. You already know this. Some of you acknowledge it, some don't. Why did I bring this up? We are launching next week, a, a whole series of new shows. A new idea that, that is, I think, groundbreaking in the local radio market. Smart people 
definitely experienced. We had Jessica Tyen earlier, worked eight years in Milwaukee television, had journalistic experience elsewhere, West Virginia, she mentioned. All sorts of interesting resumes, interesting life experiences, interesting people telling you and sharing the day's news in a lot of different ways. That's a good thing. This matters because we have to get out of the mindset. This is where the the Steve part comes in, and I'm taking some liberties because it's my last three-hour show. This is where it starts. This is going to be a challenging year for consumers of news, real news, not the fake stuff. And breaking down all the complexity, all the nuance of a race for president, you can say most important election of your lifetime if you want. I think that's silly. They're all important. This stuff matters. And a laser focus on the truth and facts are never going to be as important as they are this year. 855-616-1620, the WTMJ Talk and Text Line. If you disagree, you're welcome as well. That's something we do on this show. All right, we'll take another break. We'll wind it up to the 11 o'clock news, top of the hour news. Then we've got a busy, 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 exciting 11 o'clock hour, which I'm looking forward to. That's all next. Hundreds of folks weighing in on the text line to the WTMJ. Talking text line, 855-616-1620. Fox, although the texture said it's sometimes a little bit too mega. New York Times, the Milwaukee Journal, Sentinel, uh, NPR, Bulwark. Yeah, great work. Charlie Sykes just retired from there. Uh, Steve, besides WTMJ Radio, I get my news online at News Nation and BBC. Uh, on my phone, I get news on Newsbreak, Vehicle and Home, AM Radio, only WTMJ, WTMJ. How many times have I said that wrong? Um, so I gave you the device numbers, right? 86% getting them from their uh, their tablets, their laptops, or their smartphones. When they open up those devices, where do they go? It's not that, it's not breaking news. Websites, apps, search engines. That's the, sort of the digital pathway to the news. Here's the scary number. This is why I wanted to leave it with leave it with this one. Half of America, 50%, get their news from social media. Now, I'm a fan of social media. I think I've been three out of the last six years social media personality of the year for Wisconsin, which I appreciate. I enjoy social media. I like it. It's frustrating. It's brutal sometimes. Um, the I know why they do it. But the anonymous people often are ridiculous and stupid and dumb, but they somehow feel empowered by doing all of that. I think it's a character flaw, but, you know, you do you. Um, Social media is not news. You can find news there, but it's filled with bots and misinformation, disinformation, and there's a difference. And it it can definitely lead people to believe something that's not true. Where it is good, and this is why I appreciate social media, when there is true breaking news, for example, the shooting at the the Kansas City Chiefs celebration, multiple sources quickly telling you what's happening as, as it's happening on the ground in Kansas City. That's when it is as good as it gets. Uh, you know, whatever story you're talking about, Osama bin Laden, uh, being killed. That was breaking quickly because there were reports from people around that area saying something was happening. All of these stories instantaneously, regardless of what it is, natural disasters, earthquakes, 
tornadoes is all available rather quickly on social media. That's the good part. The bad part, as I said, is all the disinformation and nonsense. Kind of an interesting look at news as we sort of uh, transform ourselves next week here on WTMJ. This guy's morning news, Vince and Eric. My new show, the Political Power Hour. Different experts every day and some great information. We, we will take you on that journey through uh, 2024 to 2025. Obviously, the big focus on the election in November. The upswing with Jeff Sherman. We heard from him yesterday. He was on the program. Greg Matzik and Jessica Tai will take us through the midday, updating us on the stories that uh, that Vince and Eric talked about and bringing some other news newsy stories that are breaking as they go live. Kristen Bry with her, her new show, and uh, there's going to be a rotating panel of special guests, including me and Eric Bilstead and, and others. Mike Spalding is going to be on the first one. That's uh, spanning the states. And, of course, Wisconsin's afternoon news with uh, John McCure. Uh, and so it's, it's a great schedule. Sandy Max occasionally on at nights. And also Brian Noonan with a new name change for his program, WTMJ at night. So all these great options to stay up to date Kind of why I spent some of this hour talking about that. All right, the news is next. We've got a busy 11 o'clock hour. Looking forward to it. The final 11 o'clock hour of this program. You don't want to miss it. Join us. Libby Collins will be after the break. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue, it's WTMJ Now. News, opinions, Wisconsin. Everything you need to know in the Badger State and beyond. Here's your host, Steve Scafidi. Happy Friday, everybody. Thanks for taking the time to find us. Now, somebody texted me. Actually, yeah, they texted me on my phone and said, stop saying never. You never know what things are going to happen. I've had four different versions of my show over the seven years next week. Um, so never say never, I guess is the uh, thing. One thing I know, though, I was looking forward to the 11 o'clock slot because Libby Collins joins me, the host of Wisconsin Weekend Morning News and Sunday's Conversation, and today is no different. Hi, Libby Collins. Seven years knowing you, Steve. Mm-hmm. You were just a boy when when you walked in through this. <laughs> I can tell you doors. one thing, Libby. I had dark hair then. That's one thing. So I was boy looking for a while. Uh, well, anyway, it's great to be here this morning, and I've got a good one for Sunday. I heard some of it already on on the morning news program, but go. Did you ever wonder about what they mean when they talk about an artist in residence? I did. Well, okay. There is one. St. Kate, the Arts Hotel. They have a new artist in residence every year. And they have, by the way, if you've never been there, they have the greatest art. I love that hotel. Just wander around the lobby and I the was, areas in there. There's a gallery. It's a fabulous place. Yeah, I was just there recently for an event. It's, it is gorgeous. And there's one area where they always have their artist in residence. And that this year is Anwar Floyd Pruitt. He was born here in Milwaukee, but he wasn't always a professional artist. He started his career uh, doing a lot of things, including working as a promoter um, in New York City. And he told me about an incident he had with a celebrity encounter. I was the Chivas Regal brand ambassador for New York City, and that was quite a job. I got to travel all over the city in different boroughs, spending thousands of dollars every night. You must have run into some interesting people. 
Oh my goodness, I have so many stories. One time when I was working for a marketing company and the client was Miller Brewing, I was delivering cases of Peroni Italian beer during fashion week. I couldn't find parking anywhere. And so I said, well, I'll only be a couple minutes, right? I get out of my van, I load up the dolly, I wheel it into, maybe it was like Dolce Gabbana or someplace that Peroni was supporting for fashion week. And when I came back, there was a man standing in front of my van and he looked a little perturbed. I said, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm leaving. But it wasn't his car that I parked in. He was the driver. And then I look in the back seat and it is Adam Sandler. Wait, you took Adam Sandler's parking space. <laughs> I parked him in. <laughs> and when I looked at him, my eyes got so big, like, you're Adam Sandler. And his eyes looked at me like, you're wasting my time. <laughs> mm, let me add a, a grouchy Adam Sandler. I know. You think of him as a comedian. I don't think he was laughing that day. But uh, Anwar has a serious side, too. And uh, as we said, he's been an artist now for a number of years. He came to that later in life. And uh, you might remember this story because emotions were pretty raw during the height of the Black Lives Matter movement a few years ago. And Anwar told me about what happened in Madison while he was painting a commission mural. You were creating a mural, and you were attacked. What happened? It's a summer day. It's on State Street. This was a commissioned mural. You uh, were doing graffiti or anything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so people would stop, and they wanted to talk. There was a person who was drunk in the middle of the day on State Street. I was holding a large stencil that said Black Lives Matter. Right. And so I was about to start stenciling that and he lunged at me. I was standing inside of a bus stop. So the wind wasn't blowing my stencil away. So I found myself sort of cornered in this bus stop. And I didn't realize that this person was antagonistic when they first came up to me and wanted to know, hey, what are you doing? I'm painting a Black Lives Matter mural. And he wasn't really there for a conversation. He was drunk. He was angry. He wanted to know why his life didn't matter. It's a white gentleman in his 50s, probably, getting drunk in the middle of the day. And he attacked me. Physically. Physically, yes. Yeah. He assaulted me, and I ended up fracturing my hand when defending myself. Wow. Anwar is a, yeah, Anwar is a fascinating man, and he went to, he went to Harvard. He has a degree uh, from Harvard. You, you've got to hear him. He has such interesting stories. And again, we find out why he was chosen as the artist in residence for this year at St. Kate the Arts Hotel. And I, I love talking with him. Yeah, I mean, it, it, the hotel is amazing because it's, it's unique. It's, it's so different than you know, a lot of us have stayed in hotels all, all over the this country and the, and the world for some of us. It's just, it's it's a very cool layout. It has the art that you've talked about, little, cool little spaces. But the story, that last story, I was not aware of that. And, um, boy, oh. somebody who's just trying to do his job as an artist. Yeah. That that it's a it's a cold hard slap to the face of reality, right? How, what life is like sometimes when people disagree with you in the worst possible situation and way. And I follow up that question obviously with how that incident affected what he does with art. Again, fascinating interview. I hope everybody listens. Eleven o'clock Sunday morning. Yeah, and I gotta say, Libby. So my new show is just gonna be an hour, so we won't have time to, to bring you on. But I I always listen to conversations and. If there's ever a political guest that you have, we probably can still make that happen. So I'm looking forward to potentially doing that, some of that down the line. 
Well, Mark, well, I'll tell you what, I am so looking forward to all the new things that you were doing, really uh, showing what you know about politics, and I admire your expertise in that field so much. And I'm looking forward to those podcasts uh, that we also can hear digitally, including, we're not going to forget about scaphidiology, are we? No, that's that's actually, I know I love talking about politics in the, in the political podcast, but I actually have the most fun with that one. And every <laughs> week it's a, it's a different sort of uh, subject or, or interview, that, and I just absolutely love them next week i got two radio legends carol kane and steve palak 90 years of radio experience i don't know that you could find two other people libby in the market that would have that kind of experience 90 years and they still look great they do as <laughs> as do you libby collins always a pleasure host of wisconsin weekend morning news and conversations thanks libby thanks steve have a great weekend all right we'll take a we'll take a quick break here after the break vladimir putin has made his presidential choice the choice may surprise you. That's next. Don't forget, if Steve wrote the world coming up in the next after the next break. So sit down, get all your distractions. You want to hear this one? It's it's the the finale. That is going to be the final one. I've done it for seven years, which is surprising when I think about it. All right, so I I'll predict that this will surprise you. So they asked Vladimir Putin, Russian state TV Wednesday. Late Wednesday. Who would be a who's, who's better for Russia of the two main candidates for president of the United States? I know there's still some work to be done, but it looks like right now Joe Biden and Donald Trump. Guess who Vladimir Putin said? Joe Biden. Take that conspiracy theorist. He said that Biden is a more experienced person, a politician of an of an old formation sort of a particular way of saying old. But here's the part that doesn't surprise me. He's predictable. He kind of knows what Joe Biden's going to do. One of the things that he said by not saying is that Donald Trump is a wild card. Anybody doubt that? That's Donald Trump in a nutshell. He's a wild card. Now, he's not a Biden lover. He, in the same speech, same question, answer, he um, condemned the current administration. Um described our position, our U.S. official position, not the uh, the crazy positions of members of the House, representatives, as harmful and erroneous. Basically, and I'm paraphrasing or condensing uh, Vladimir Putin's thoughts on this, but Vladimir Putin thinks that most of those other countries that now have and celebrate freedom, like Poland and Ukraine, should just be part of the old Soviet Union, now Russia. And for the folks who don't understand why that matters, is when we had that reality of the Soviet Union, relationship between the two of the biggest superpowers in the world was not good. Arms race, Cold War, not talking, not a healthy environment for those of us who want a safe world for the future. So think about that for a second. You know, all of this is wrapped in the whole Tucker Carlson who interviewed Vladimir Putin. Um, somebody asked me on the text line, I never got to it on Wednesday as, as part of Ask Steve Anything, what I thought of the interview, silly, dumb. The first half hour of the interview, and I watched most of it, he just let Putin ramble. At one point, Tucker tried to interrupt, and he just cut him off. Called him a non-serious journalist, paraphrasing. Um, it's, it's, again, what I was talking about before, performative journalism. You know, the way that the, the reality of journalists, for journalists, is advocacy journalism, performative journalists have ruined the reputation of real journalists. 
folks like Bill Glauber from the Journal Sentinel, um, Mary Spacuza, Jesse O'Poyan, real journalists that actually do the work, the hard work, right? That's been dumbed down by advocacy journalists in particular who have a point of view. Now, many times those folks say, what we're doing is because we want to get the other side. That's not being a journalist. That's being a publicity person, public relations, party spokesperson. That's not journalism. You can call it that if you want to. Anybody can say whatever they want, but that's not what it is. All right, we're going to take a break here. So Putin picks Biden. Put that in your political pipe and smoke it. All right, after the break, the last final Going away edition of If Steve Ruled the World. His origin is a segment that I rolled out years ago, seven years ago to be exact. Eric Bilson and I did a thing called There Ought to Be a Law, which, full disclosure, we stole from former WTMJ radio guy, now a state senator, John Jagler. Go figure. So people ask me all the time, why I've done this for nearly seven years. The answer is simple. Most people, and certainly elected officials, take themselves way too seriously. And yes, I'm talking about you, Wisconsin Senator Ron Johnson. FBI set me up. With a corrupt, with a corrupt briefing, and then leak that to smear me. I am. No, I mean, right, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. About, I, I mean, right. he is referring to corruption with the FBI, which I've been trying to uncover and expose. All right. So, do we have time for? Please, audience, please. We're trying to get through these. Yeah, sure, Ron. I could probably just run the theme from Deliverance through the whole segment today. Here's a little tease for Uncle Ron. But anyway, let's get started, Producer Charlie, with the final edition of... If Steve Ruled the World. All right, a little heads up. Feelings will be heard today. I'm trying not to, trust me. If you're one of those liberals or conservatives who think if you don't get your way, your party, your candidate doesn't win, it's the end of the world, here's a little clip to calm you down. I deserve good things. I am entitled to my share of happiness. I refuse to beat myself up. I am an attractive person. I am fun to be with. Daily Affirmation with Stuart Smalley. Stuart Smalley is a caring nurturer, a member of several 12-step programs, but not a licensed therapist. I'm going to do a terrific show today, and I'm going to help people because I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and doggone it, people like me. Former Senator Al Franken, everybody. Speaking of feelings, one of the things that set this great country on the path to crazy town was the reality that everybody's feelings need to be expressed, one, and two, considered. Who made up that rule? Not me. Feelings, like opinions, are often misguided, misplaced, and often just really dumb. Like this. I will not answer any more questions. I see you have a jail officer here. You want to put me in jail, Judge Remington? I'm prepared. I'm not going to be railroaded. That's both dumb and a very good example of the stupidity of the election was stolen nonsense. Trump won Wisconsin nonsense. Let's spend millions of dollars on a fake investigation nonsense that has occupied the minds of the perpetually stupid for too long in this state. 
This is for you, Justice Gableman. I'm just getting warmed up, folks. Trust me. I spent some time this week talking about the age question. Not my age, knuckleheads, but the age of the two men running for president. Yeah, I know Nikki Haley's still running, but let's be serious, people. Nikki Haley's about much chance to be the next president as this guy. Yeah, there are muscle guys up here, right? And they calmly walk to a seat. Ding, 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 ding. They've only got 17 seconds to figure this whole thing out, right? Boom. Okay. Missile launch. Ping, boom. To most un- See what I did there? Can't resist. We all remember this one, right? And you go into the shower, right? You turn on the water. Drip. 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 I call the guy. Is something wrong with this? No, sir. It's just the restrictor. So you're in there five times longer than you're supposed to be. You use probably more water. And it's a very unpleasant experience. So we're getting rid of the restrictors. You're going to have full shower flow. But it wouldn't be fair just to pick on Donald Trump when the other guy in the race is even older, right? The current president, ladies and gentlemen. But first, let's take a moment and check in on the leader of the free world, President Joe Biden, who this week was given a clean bill of health from his physician, who declared Joe is healthy and vigorous and is fit to successfully execute the duties of the presidency. Mm. Bridge over the... Uh, of the of the Holly River, look, and, and Warsaw, or excuse me, Washoe County in Nevada, we're spending eighty nine billion dollars to add several lanes. Now, whatever you think about these two guys, and the right answer should be not much. They unfortunately are our choices, which is kind of like picking the last punchkin in a box, which has been sitting out since Fat Tuesday, or as the woke folks now say, weight challenged Tuesday. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? It's the rule of the world. Speaking of religion and happy Lent to all those who practice, it's not really happy Lent, though, is it? It's actually a six-week preparation for Easter, which requires penance and fasting. It is weird to me, though, that instead of doing something positive for someone else, we've decided to suffer and worship at the altar of fish fries and old fashions. Yeah, you save it for the politicians. One of the things I find interesting about faith is that many of the folks who call themselves people of faith forget about that faith when it comes to politics. Is there a political exemption I'm not aware of? So it's all hallelujah inside the church, but when you step out the doors, it's this? Let me tell you something. Every Christian, every pastor out there that voted for Joe Biden last night, you have bought a curse upon yourself and your family, your children, and your children's children down to the third and fourth generation, and you need to repent. He seems nice. So you're telling me God plays political favorites? Somehow that seems a little counterproductive, no? You can't handle the truth. It's the rule of the world. Thank you, Mr. Jack Nicholson. And one of the few times I've ever to say that again. Somebody asked me the other day, what is it with you and leaves? The leaves on the trees are orange, yellow, and red. Orange, yellow, and red. Orange, yellow, and red. The leaves on the trees are orange, yellow, and red. That's enough of that nonsense. The story of the leaves is this. Mulching leaves, you know this. You know what's coming. Good for your grass. That's the fact, Jack. That's the fact, Jack. If Bill Murray says it, it must be true. Seriously, though, 
We literally spend, literally, yes, millions of dollars in the state because people like to rake leaves in the piles and eventually into the street. It's the ultimate habit for habit's sake, which is so very Wisconsin, isn't it? We've always done it that way, you say, which ignores the fact that technology, i.e. mulching lawnmowers, has eliminated, eliminated that wasteful, expensive annual fall ritual. Lighten up, Francis. It's the rule of the world. I'll assume that's from me, and I'll take it. Speaking of bad habits, so is voting for the same old knuckleheads every time there's an election. It's the worst of the bad habits. So instead of trying to have me pick one, here's a nice list for your listening pleasure. Cue Ned Beatty, Charlie. Donald Trump, too easy. Joe Biden, too old. Nancy Pelosi, too California. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, first of all, your name's too long, and you're a glorified bartender. Kevin McCarthy, too many votes for speaker Chuck Schumer, too verbose, look it up. Mike Johnson, too likely to quote scripture incorrectly and in the wrong context. U.S. Senator Ron Johnson, too ivermectiny. Boy, when you're wrong, you're really wrong, right? Governor Tony, you're taking too long to come on the show and too sweatery? Question mark. U.S. Senator Tammy Baldwin, too... Boring. Assembly Speaker Robin Voss, too much of a political badass. State Rep Janelle Branchin, I got so many, I could, I ran out of deliverance. Too prom queenie at Dingbat U. And last but not least, Joe Zapecki and Bill McCaution, too smarts. Hey, I got to work with these guys. Got to compliment them every chance I get. Well played. <laughs> Thank you. Just remember, with great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> Oh, I Understood. <laughs> it's the rule of the world. I'm stepping all over myself. I can't do the last one of these things ever without mentioning all the listeners. First of all, you guys rock. You decided some time ago there was a place in your day for a radio show that did things differently, a radio show that actually encouraged civil discourse as opposed to just shouting into a microphone. I see you other Milwaukee News Talks hosts. You followed along as it went through several iterations from Bill Stead to now, to whatever this current edition is, to the Political Power Hour, Monday through Friday, 9 to 10, right here on WTMJ. So you, you decided that maybe it's okay to listen to divergent viewpoints from Sam and McHenry, Connie and Portage, Mike in Illinois, right here, WTMJ. Well done, all. I was thinking about a clip which would best represent how I think you feel about me. Hello, Sally Field. And I can't deny the fact that you like me right now. You like me. Thank you. It's the rule of the world. Yes, thank you. Somebody asked me the other day, why do you say shut the hell up so much? Fair question. I'm sure my lovely mother doesn't like it, but I think the reason is that we are a country of complainers. You know this. Not everybody, but the trend is certainly going in the wrong direction. After you've heard somebody bitch about taxes, the border, Congress, the legislature, COVID, school closings, snow, lack of snow, cashless stadiums, the brewers, and yes, reckless driving. At some point, my shut the hell up is essentially a call for action. What are you actually going to do about it other than complaining? Don't be like every other radio talk show host other than me. So for all of you... Hey, how about a little less questions and a little more shut the hell up? It's the rule of the world. One of the topics that comes up a lot in If Steve Ruled the World over the years came up a lot was weather. Now, I'm the son of a weatherman. I know a lot of local weather people. They're fantastic people, do a great job keeping us informed about the weather. I think they overact a little bit too much, but 
they, they're good at their jobs. I would argue they get too much air time when the weather's absolutely perfect outside. But let's keep it positive. Here are my truths when it comes to weather. Let's not pretend the seasons are all three months long. Nobody believes that. Stop coming up with clever new names for precipitation. If I don't know what you're talking about, I'm not going to pay any attention to your forecast. If you're that weird station in Green Bay who apparently decided to play that we're going to give our own names to storms, cease and desist immediately, please. Don't make me come up there. And for the love of Pete's, that would be a great storm name, storm name, by the way, the love of Pete. Enough with the teeth whitener, folks. My goodness, you're like walking lighthouses. Here's my kind of weather person. David Watson's been monitoring traffic, but first we go to Ryan Marshall. He's out monitoring the snowfall. Ryan, what's it look like out there? Yeah, uh, it looks like snow, just like I predicted in my forecast from the studio. I'm not sure why I'm out here literally looking around. It looks like snow. You could just take a video of it snowing and show that. Why do I have to be here to describe snowfall it's pretty self-explanatory <laughs> seems like the cold has gotten you in an icy mood yourself ryan okay you know what shannon i am in an icy mood okay nice pun by the way it's the rule of the world i think of all the clips that might be my favorite because it's so on point last but not least thanks for allowing me the opportunity to do something completely different or as monty python famously said and now for something completely different Every Friday, for almost as long as I've been on WTMJ, which is exactly seven years next week, I know tongue-in-cheek is a hard concept for some people to grasp, especially in the era of bending the knee, or probably more accurately, bending over. But I like to think a little fun hat at the expense of people who take themselves way too seriously is probably a good thing. I wanted to end this last one with one of the best songs we've ever used during our run on... It's the Rule of the World! Fantastic producer, great friend... Take us to break, Charlie. I'm getting drunk on a plane. Susan Hiller from Hiller Ford here with great news for anyone thinking about getting a new Ford truck. This is Truck Month at Hiller Ford, and that means great savings for truck buyers. Right now, we're offering 1.9% 72-month financing on new 2023 F-150s. Plus, a drop-in bedliner or a basic maintenance package is included. There's never been a better time to buy a Ford truck than right now. Stop in today and find out why so many people love to buy from Hiller Ford. Hey, Gene Miller here. The heart of winter is the best time to call my friends at Hometown Windows and Doors. Save heating and cooling dollars down the road with energy-efficient replacement windows and doors from brands like Pella, Anderson, Marvin, and more. Hometown is your local source for wood, vinyl, or fiberglass, plus all of their products are installed by employee carpenters. Stop into their newly remodeled showroom in New Berlin and see the Hometown difference. That's Hometown with an E for your every window and door need. HometownWindows.com. Don't just dream of paradise, live it. Escape the ordinary with Fox World Travel and set sail for an island-hopping adventure. 
With exclusive rates on the world's finest cruise lines, we are proud to partner with Holland America, Princess, and Royal Caribbean and take you to sun-soaked beaches, historic ruins, or the exotic wilderness. Only unpack once and let adventure be your guide. Visit foxworldtravel.com or call 866-GO-FOX-GO and set sail for adventure. Hi, everybody. This is Susan Hiller from Hiller Ford on Highway 100. Boy, do we have some sweet deals for our customers this month. We're offering 0.9% flex by financing for 66 months on 2023 Escapes and 2024 Edges. And you get a $2,000 factory rebate. That's right, 0.9% financing for 66 months, plus the $2,000 rebate. Stop in today and see why so many people love to buy from Pillar Ford. WTMJ Now. Thanks for playing along on the receiver of the world. Thanks to Producer Charlie for putting that all together. It's not easy, trust me. There's a lot of clips built into that one. This was especially uh, a fun one because it's sort of brought back. I realized as I was doing it that I, you know, I left a couple out. One is the uh, failure to communicate. I left that one out, which I wish I wouldn't, though, because I love that clip. And, and I could have probably put all the Jack Nicholson uh, clips in there. It, it's just, um, you know, because here's why I'm talking about this. Because i got to take another break because I'm already late. Because we went long with that one, which uh, hopefully you'll give me some special dispensation, a term I used in that uh, piece. Um, Steve, I'm glad you're going down to an hour because you are a, and then an expletive, know everything, know it all. I literally say on the show, I know a little about a lot of things. I'm One of the reasons I'm doing my new show with subject matter experts is I'm not an expert. They are. So Supreme Court justices, attorneys, journalists, the highest level, national, local. People who write about politics for a living, make their money, raise their families on the income they make from writing about politics, public safety professionals. That's part of why we do that. Um, so this program, that segment, had always been a, sort of the, uh, and I did at the end of the week, just like we do Week in Review, which is going to come up after the break, because it, it gives us a little leeway to say to all of you who are listening, look, a lot of official titles get thrown around, senator, congressperson, Congress, congressman, congresswoman, governor. But at the end of the day, they're just people, right? So it's they're not immune from commentary. They're not immune from attack, which I try to do in the most dignified way. But it's something that is, I think, important. To have some fun with some of this stuff. Because as I said yesterday, and you can find it on my social media if you follow me, there's too much anger. There's too much hate. Uh, we have people that literally have, you know, removed family members from their uh, family gatherings because they have a different political opinion. If that's the world you want to live in, knock yourself out. I just don't want to be in that world. I think it's silly and stupid and dumb. You know, I was having a social media debate yesterday about the word stupid. As much as it offends people, I think we got to get back to it, right? Raise your hand if you haven't been in a conversation anywhere, grocery store, bar, restaurant, and you hear someone just blathering like a, an idiot, and at some point, don't you want to just say, that's just stupid, man, stop. And you don't do that because people have guns now, and they will literally blow your brains out for having an opinion. That's the... Uh, that's the world we live in. 
And I, you know, not that I want to make this a downer, but you can't go to church, you can't go to a temple, synagogue, parade. The list is long of places you can't go anymore because people have destroyed the integrity and the safety of those places. Not a good thing. So a little tongue-in-cheek, I think, is a good thing for you. After the break, we do it every Friday. It's another example. We have some fun with the voices and the stories we cover here on WTMJ. After the break, Week in Review, sponsored by Outdoor Living Unlimited. I do know this. This won't be the last Week in Review because Adam Roberts, Adam Roberts rather, does a great job with them. Lots to talk about, lots of voices, lots of stories. Back-to-back wins for the Chiefs. Hunchki galore. The former president of courts and more. It's the Week in Review brought to you by Outdoor Living Unlimited. What we do here is go back to back. You gotta fight for your right to fight. The Chiefs' kingdom has started its own history class. He's here. Uh, Flex on the track. What up, bro? Beyonce dropped two new songs from her album in the commercial. That's when they debuted. If my wife had that much money, I'd be so good. I would be giving her a pedicure every day. I would be, and I don't like feet. I'm afraid of feet. Listen, I'm a toe expert. <laughs> you all right over there, Wyatt? You really, you really got me, John. A community morning together funeral services held Saturday for Gina and Emerson Weingart. We danced together, known each other just our whole lives just crazy that that was just kind of taken away aerial surveys showed around 450 shanties on lake winnebago opening weekend that's down from more than 3,000 in 2023 utm they were a slow season we'll be busy with just onlookers but as for spears it'll be the diehard a mass casualty incident has now been declared in austin county after a vehicle drove into the emergency room at st david's north austin medical center hands it back to colic he's open gotta do it the Wisconsin State Senate has passed legislative maps drawn by Governor Tony Evers. The yeas are 214 and the nays are 213. The resolution is adopted. House Republicans finally getting that critical vote after earlier failing to impeach Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. We did exactly what we should be doing. Now it's up to the Senate to do their job. National Bakery co-owner Jeff Callen tells WTMJ they've prepared over 40,000 pushki the last two days. This day is so fun. We turned it into this great event. It's the one time of the year where everybody's happy to wait in line. It's a great tradition in Milwaukee. It has been for a really long time. Pushki. Maybe it's Ponchki. The 13-year-old girl initially was listed as a runaway after she disappeared from her home near Greenville, South Carolina. Authorities later determined she'd been in contact with a Wisconsin man named Tyler Michael Burlick. Burlick faces federal kidnapping charges. Chaos amid a celebration in Kansas City. Police say several people have been shot attending the Super Bowl parade for the Kansas City Chiefs. There were gunshots fired somewhere outside of Union Station here. I'm angry at what happened today. As I'm tackling him, I see his weapon either fall out of his hand or out of his sleeve. So when I see that hit the ground, I'm like, oh, we got to take this guy down. Giannis 
Giannis, the marvelous journey, takes fans back to Athens for Giannis' childhood and all the way through his championship season. You have subjects like the Antetokounmpo family that have really never told their story through their own words. They had a lot to say. Milwaukee's fire chief and private ambulance partners vowing to make changes to EMS response policy after Jolene Waldriff died in the cold despite calling 911 for help in January. We don't have to be forced to do anything. We have a willingness to comply and do what's right, and we will do that. That is a stopgap measure, so that is something that has happened just given the urgency of the situation. Trump had pushed to dismiss and delay, just as he has in his three other criminal cases. But this one will move forward. We're going to have to sit here for months on a trial, a trial that legal scholars say there's no crime. From the minute she took the witness stand... It is a lie. It is, it is a lie. Fulton County Prosecutor Fonnie Willis was pushing back against any idea that her relationship with the special prosecutor she hired was a means to make money off of her prosecution of former President Donald Trump charged in the Georgia election interference case. What a week. How about that D, baby? Pushkin. I'm afraid of feet. Goodbye. Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend.